2: to feel the power Love me little contact, with hurricane hotline
3: you think football is fun uh yes
2: live from beefle brady's 4925 cortez road in bradenton hosted by dave bristow and hurricanes head coach john booth talk to the coach now 877-969-8600 now here's dave bristow and coach john booth Thank you very
4: much. A pleasant good evening, everyone. We're live from Beefo Brady's for yet another edition of Hurricane Hotline. It's our second playoff edition. We're joined by head football coach John Booth and defensive coordinator Chad Choate, gentlemen. Good evening. Hey, good evening. And uh, boy, it's always good to come. Uh, out after the first big win, and, uh, you know, it's just something about that first playoff game, you know, because it's do or die, and it always makes me nervous, John, I don't know about you, but uh, especially when you play a team like Oak Ridge.
5: Well, sure, yeah, it gets, uh, gets the juices flowing, It's uh, we were talking, uh, Chad and I actually, on, on uh, during the pregame warm-ups, you just get a different energy, you know, with, with playoff week, and, and uh, kids were... We're, we're pretty excited and, and uh, enthusiastic about it, and, uh, and rightfully so, and that's what you, know, that's what you want from them, and it uh,
6: makes for a good night.
4: Yeah, and Chad, you throw in Bright House there with the uh, regional TV, yeah. and a, a big night at Joe Canan Field and Hawkins Stadium.
6: Yeah, absolutely. When, when Bright House comes into town, it's always a, always a major event, more cameras around, and, and we always tell the guys, too, especially with the TV stuff, those TV timeouts kind of take a little bit longer, but there is definitely different energy just when Bright House is there, and then you, you – put that with, with playoffs. It was a great environment. 32-14 John and you know I, I went back and
4: watched a little of the game on Bright House and we really had control of that game from the get go. I know they made a little bit of a run almost uh, kind of like a basketball team might make a run but uh, wasn't nearly enough and really I, I never felt i know you probably were a little nervous but i I never felt like we the game was in doubt from uh, the opening
7: kickoff
5: no i thought uh, i thought we did a nice job of of uh, moving the ball offensively we did a great job um stopping their run defensively i want to say they were uh their their running back was in the negatives for for most of the first half and, and probably even into the third quarter as well and and uh, thought we did a nice job. Uh, you know, it, it was it, it was tough to kind of watch. You know, you're up ten zero, and we're seeing some some big returns in their in their kick game. Um, you know, and, and uh, a big play like that can, you know, obviously turn the momentum. And and uh, a quick score like that, obviously, And then they're in the game. And so. You know, it was, uh, you know, we, we needed to do a little bit better job on our kick coverage to, to secure that. But uh, certainly on, on the offensive side of the ball and the defense side of the ball, I thought we did a nice job.
4: Well, well, Chad, the defense certainly set the tone in this game. You came out, well, uh, there were a lot of quarters of. Uh, Shutout football. When you combine this, and uh, you go back to tossing the shutout uh, southeast. Southeast, yeah. uh, your team has played awful well defensively, and I know you wanted to get out to a fast start defensively, and you did.
6: Yeah, I thought we did pretty well in that first series. You know, I think we give them a first down, but then then the second the second set of downs there, we we had them punt, and then. You know, I think they had the, the second drive is when they get down into the red zone and we give them an extra chance off of a 15-yard, you know, off a personal foul penalty, but we stop them. I thought that's where the momentum really changed. I thought that that when when they felt positive about that drive and we stop them there on the goal line that, you know, it's kind of like, well, what else can we do? Uh, but, yeah, we flew around the ball, and I thought the first half, the first half of defense was fantastic, and then into the third quarter. Um, and I just think that towards the end of the game we, we got kind of lackadaisical a little bit. I think Allen Dell, putting in the article, put that exact word, and I laughed because that's exactly what I thought. Um, but, yeah, overall, I, I thought we played pretty well defensively, and we got some pressure, and we finished. Um, with an athletic quarterback like this, when you get back there, you got to finish. And I thought, you know, we did a good job with that, and I think we ended up with, like, four, four sacks, something like that.
5: And
4: not yeah. only an athletic quarterback, but uh, number one was an outstanding player, and defensively, number 45, number three, they were great players. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 45 uh, is a big-time college prospect. I mean, he was all over the place. Jones, their linebacker.
5: Yeah, Uh, you know, Stanford, uh, Notre Dame, uh, Michigan are, I I, I believe, his top three. But, you know, that was something that we were able to see on film. I mean, they – he, he just flies around, he recognizes things uh, as quick as anybody that we've seen and, uh, and runs and that was something that we, you know, we really had to challenge our, our running back Lorenz with and, and, and KP on our perimeter runs um, you, know, you, can't, you can't slow play you can't kind of dead leg the defender to try to make a move because those guys are screaming from inside the box um, to, to run at the perimeter, they did a nice job, that was probably one of the fastest teams that we've seen all season long
4: well, they were, and I thought uh, their lefty quarterback was pretty good. They must not have liked what he was doing, because I guess your thought process is there. Uh, listen, we're getting shut out. We got to try to make a change. Yeah, try to spark something. So they put their other quarterback. Yeah, in. they
6: played. They played. You know, we had quite a bit of film. They played both guys. Sometimes it was even series to series uh, throughout some of the film that we watched. But yeah, I think that ultimately they weren't getting some things. He had missed some open receivers. Uh, and just, yeah, just a change-up. I mean, the kid, the second kid that came in has played. So I think, yeah, just to spark something, maybe get some kind of change-up, get something going for him. You go
4: into the fourth quarter, John, with the shutout, and then uh, things got a little bit dicey, but then we were able to seal it at the end.
5: Yeah, we had the uh, the decision to make as we were in the red zone uh, to go for it on fourth down or, or kick the field goal and go up three scores, and I uh, chose to go up the, the three scores and, and put a little bit more pressure on them that – you know, late in the game, it's it's tough to, to score that many points. But uh, we gave up a fourth and long pass that extended their drive and got ultimately got the the second touchdown. Um, you know, and as Chad was alluding to, just just kind of didn't finish as, as probably as strong as, as we as we should have. Um, but look, I mean, they're they're a good football team. Um, three years straight now in the playoffs. Last year at seven A, they won the district championship. Um, loaded with, with great athletes. Uh, so it was a good win for us. Can we play better? Absolutely. And that's something that we've been, been stressing with the kids this week and as we prepared this week and, and correcting some things. And uh, But uh, nevertheless, to come out with a, a 32-14 win against a, a good team like that uh, in the first round, because a lot of times in the first round, you don't see teams as athletic as they are that can move the ball, that fly around like they do. And, 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 and you see it in some of the scores you're seeing – you know, running clocks in the first round of the playoffs. I think this was a good challenge for us as we're preparing to go in the second round against a good Dr. Phillips team.
4: I think you're absolutely right, John, because let's face it, we had a lot of running clocks from the middle to the end of the season, and I think we needed to be tested, and I think we started to get tested a little bit, not from the score, but just from the athletes Southeast (laughs) had. I thought that was a pretty good warm-up for this Oak Ridge game and then it, it, it just a little bit more, now we play Dr. Phillips, I think it shapes up pretty well for just the progression of what you need to get ready for a team like Dr. Phillips. Yeah,
5: absolutely, and it, and it prepares us. And, and uh, you know, everything we, we do you know, outside of our district play, because we're kind of locked into to that, outside our district play, you're trying to, to play as best as, as you can. And, um, you know, we, we did. We talked about that last week with, with Southeast and, and uh, some of the athleticism that they have. Um, but uh, certainly this was going to be a step up with, with Oak Ridge compared to, to Southeast, but uh, definitely a good quality opponent uh, for the first round.
4: And we see that our district, where some people thought, ah, you know, there'll be no problem as far as Steinbrenner and Dr. Phillips. Well, midway through the fourth quarter, Steinbrenner was beating Dr. Yeah. Phillips.
6: So obviously, All the way till the end. All the way to the third, you know, yeah, they played them tough, and, and I thought the Steinbrenner was going to play him tough. You know, Steinbrenner defensively um, is a good team. Yes. They got some good some good linebackers and some decent size up front that I thought they'd be able to play with with them. And yeah, I mean our district. You know, I mean I think I think all the teams were right around five hundred. I don't think yeah. there was any you know really really bad team. So you know, and defensively for us, we we definitely you could see in the second half getting a little tired. We have you know you mentioned the the running clocks. We just weren't we haven't really been tested like that in the past three or four weeks now maybe even longer so you know I think it did take take a little bit to get used to but I'm glad it was a team that was that was good like this and and test us because we've got a tough one you know come Friday
4: and and I'll go back to the Steinbrenner game I thought Steinbrenner was a pretty good football team I just thought they tested us the first half and we just had that third quarter explosion where everything was working on what we did and I think that's what led to the running clock I'm not sure we were that much better than them or we're better than them by two to three scores but i'm not sure by a running clock score but we did do that against them
5: right but uh i mean they've got big play ability yeah. and uh and and they showcase that against us uh early in the first half and and uh you know and did that against dr phillips i mean they've uh, they'll, they'll go into their wildcat set where they'll move their their receiver over to the quarterback and, and he had some nice runs and, and threw a couple balls on on dr phillips to to, to, you know, and then actually got the two-point conversion late in the third quarter to take the lead, uh, 18, I believe, 17, and so they they had some chances to, to really put a good game together, but, um, you know, certainly Steinbrenner's going to be somebody that, uh, you know, is going to be pretty good for a long time. they got a nice young quarterback as well.
4: And that's good. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, obviously you need to be tested. Sure. And I think, you know, in the next, listen, this is a four-year district. So I yep. believe it, that will work into a nice little rivalry game. Yeah,
5: absolutely. You
4: know? I mean, it can't the first year because we've never played them. So, yep. But I, I see, you know, year two, three, four, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, Manatee, Steinbrenner, you throw uh, Newsome in there. Yep. I think they're decent, and uh, I think you got the makings of a pretty good district. Yep. Now, go. let's talk about uh, what we are preparing for for Dr. Phillips. I want to kind of segue into that already because last year we went up there, and It was the regional championship. A lot of people have asked me, "Why in the world do you have to travel again to Dr. Phillips?" Well, everything started over this year—new districts, new regions, new everything—and that's just how it all fell out, right, John?
5: Yeah, that's right. And uh, they, what they tried to do was was change the uh, the distance traveled in that first round. We had the uh, the East Coast teams um, with Vero Beach and Fort and Fort Pierce that we were traveling with. Fortunately, last year we ended up getting both of them at home. Um, but uh, we, we've, we've been over there the last you know, last couple years. And so they wanted to cut down on the travel, so they, they moved us in the, the, uh, the Orlando region. And, and uh, so the way it kind of worked this, this year, we got the, uh, the first round by, obviously winning the district, but having to go to Dr. Phillips in the second round.
4: You know, it's funny they try to do that. Then I see this little graphic that Brighthouse puts up on the furthest teams traveling to play their first game, and Oak Ridge is, like, right up there yeah. at number four. <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. So, I, you know, I thought, and my recommendation was, and I actually called up there, yeah. um, would be that they pit us with the – it would have been the Polk Kissimmee. County, yeah. Kissimmee area.
6: Kissimmee and, and uh, Gateway, I think, came out of that. I area.
4: thought travel-wise that makes sense. I even made a little pin map yeah. and, and to prove my point. Mm-hmm. but. <laughs> Obviously, that wasn't wasn't heard, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, at least they made the first move, yeah. right? and uh, so we were out at the bureau because I just thought that was preposterous to go clear across It is a long distance and Fort Pierce, right? So, as you start to prepare for this game, John, the health of the team I know is is, is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, as we knock on, it is a wood table here. Right. Um, you got uh, you got Mills back, yep, and he looked effective.
5: Yeah, we got to we got a chance to get him in, and we, we he didn't play quite as much in the second half as he did in the first half. Um, not a hundred percent, but he's uh, actually looked pretty good this week, just kind of moving around. And and uh, you know he's he's you know he's going to play.
4: And Chad, talk about that a little bit because when he went out, you, you got a young man, Rogier, and also uh, uh, Kivas, Kivas, mm-hmm. who I really really like. Yeah. And 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 he actually played pretty well the other
6: night. Yeah, he did. I mean, when Mills went out the southeast week, kind of a bummer. It's it's last southeast game it's senior night. But he understands what the ultimate goal is, you know. And he understands that hey, I need to get better for a, a run into the playoffs. So um, we knew that. We knew that not only did we have uh, Peyton Rogier at nose, and we can move Tony Collins out. We're pretty versatile with that. But also Kivas is is there in the in the wings as a junior, and, and will probably assume a, a, a starting role, you know, next year. Um, and so he, he's been chomping in the bits to kind of get his his chance, and he's played some spot plays for the end of games and stuff like that, but I thought he did a heck of a job at, at Southeast, played real well, um, and then he played the majority of the of the second half uh, against Oak Ridge. So now he's, he's, he's gaining some experience, yep, uh, and he's a long, rangy kid, pretty tall kid, so his arms are long, and... He makes plays, he'll grab a guy when he doesn't even look like he's close because of his length, you know. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, Mills is going to be okay. He's, he's back. He's, he's looked good this week. And, you know, with, with any kind of ankle sprain, you're always you're always trying to, you know, be real careful with that because that's something that can linger. Um, and, you know, we want him as healthy as obviously he can be. All
4: right, we're going to take our first time out of the night. We'll be back with our players of the game. And it's an easy, pretty easy offensively. It's not that often when you have your kicker as player of the game. But when your kicker – Kicks four field goals, one of those 52 yards, a yard shy of the school record. You got to go with Nick Knoll and then Jacob Main with a big pick, our defensive player of the game. We'll be back with those two players and much, much more on Hurricane Hotline. We're live from Beefo Brady's. We'll be back right after this.
3: c1 bank is proud to support the manatee hurricanes c1 bank is a true community bank clients first community first whether it's your personal account or business account c1 bank will do everything possible to meet all your financial needs c1 bank has 28 banking centers from the greater tampa bay area to southwest florida including three locations in manatee county for more information
1: visit c1bank.com and go canes As a five-time pick by Super Lawyers Magazine, as a top Florida attorney, and as a longtime supporter of Hurricane football, Edwin Eddie Mulock brings more than 40 years experience to the courtroom. Personal injury, wrongful death, medical malpractice, and criminal law, Eddie uses his innate passion for helping people and his extensive knowledge of the law to champion justice. Office is located in downtown Bradenton at 701 Manatee Avenue West. Call 748-2104, that's 748-2104, or log on to mulocklaw.com. We
4: turn your broken glass into cold, hard cash. Auto Glass America.
3: That's right, Tampa Bay. If you have a cracked windshield and full coverage insurance, they can install a new one for free and buy back your old one for up to $100 cash on the spot. Call 813-96-GLASS. That's 813-96-GLASS. 813-96-GLASS. We turn your broken glass into cold, hard cash. Auto Glass America.
2: AM 930, Stress Saver Traffic Report.
7: Good evening, 75 northbound C to Slow Ride, State Road 64 up to the south end of the Manatee River Bridge. This update brought to you by the Bonatti Spine Institute in Hudson on U.S. 19. No problems on the DeSoto Bridge, 8th Avenue Bridge looking pretty good, Manatee Avenue 53rd, University Parkway all in fairly good shape. Uh, Just some minor eastbound delays on 53rd approaching Lockwood Ridge. Due to an earlier crash, University Parkway, B Ridge, Clark Road's all looking good. 30 years of experience allows the Bonatti Spine Institute to target the true root of your back and spine issues. Bonatti succeeds where others fail. Check their website today, bonatti.com. Dave Kosh, AM 930, The Answer.
4: Allen will take it and leads in for the touchdown.
7: Welcome back. To
2: Hurricane Hotline, live from Beefo Brady's, 4925 Cortez Road in Bradenton. Hosted by Dave Bresto and Hurricanes head coach, John Booth. Talk to the coach now, 877-969-8600. Now, here's Dave Bresto and coach John Booth.
4: Thank you very much. Welcome back to a packed Beefo Brady's on this Tuesday evening. We now have the Sweet 16 in Class 8A, the largest classification in the state of Florida. The Hurricanes will travel to Orlando. Dr. Phillips for the big Friday night game. A win there will put us in the Elite Eight and the Regional Championship, which, by the way, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but that game, if Manatee wins, will be at home. So that would be a good thing, and we will play, if we win, the winner of Kissimmee Osceola, against Vero Beach. Four powerful programs in this sub-region right now. I want to remind everyone that uh, Befo Brady's Hurricane Hotline brought to you every Tuesday night by Countrywide HR. We run your office so you can run your business. we got our players of the game, Nick Knoll and Jacob Main. Wow. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. We're going to go to Knoll first. Uh, let's hear it for Knoll. because I've got two clips involving you guys uh, radio clips Uh, first we're gonna and I got really excited on this 52 yarder because I knew it was going through as soon as it left your foot and I got a little ahead of myself but uh, let's take a listen to the 52 yard field goal that put us up three to nothing snap is good the hold is good no he's got it. he's got a lot of leg and it is good it's good. Nick Knoll just nailed a 52-yard field goal to put the Canes out in front, 3 to nothing. Yes, 52 yards. And the great news is, Nick, it's a 52-yarder. The bad news is you missed the school record by one stinking yard. <laughs> yeah,
6: back it up a yard.
4: <laughs> yeah. Tankersley got it, uh, I don't know, three, four years ago down at Sarasota. You tied Robbie Stevenson, who had a 52-yarder. And uh, you know what happened to him. He went on to some pretty good things. He wears that national championship ring on his finger. So uh, we'll go out to Gene now with uh, Nick Noel, who was four for four on his field goals.
8: Thanks, Dave. Congratulations, Nick. Uh, Had a a great season so far this year. I mean, um, going through things. And what do you think of when you're lining up? You know, not often do you go for 50-plus, but what are you thinking when that's going on?
9: You know, just keep every kick the same. You know, every, you know, PAT is the same as a 55-yarder. It's, it's all the same. You just got to keep the same stroke and hit it the same every time and just be as consistent as you can possibly be, so.
8: Good, and, and when you kicked that ball, there was no question it was going through. I mean, it, it probably would have been good from a few more yards. But with the wind blowing the way it was, at the beginning, the wind was blowing um, the opposite, and it kind of stopped and was going sideways. Does that play a
9: factor? Yeah, I mean, during the kick, there was a little bit of a crosswind, and uh, I didn't play it too much because I knew my leg could get it there, and uh, I didn't think the wind was going to affect it that much. So I just lined it up down the middle and just hit it. So.
8: Yeah, I noticed one of the things this year that you've done a great job at, and Dave probably has the stats on that with the kicking in the end zone, um, and so high. Um, you're getting the ball really high and deep, almost seven, eight yards, when you hit it well. And in a few times this year I think you might have tried to overkick a little bit, and but – Overall, that's been, that's been a great defensive tool with having Coach Choate here to always start from the 20.
9: Yeah, I got to give a lot of credit to my uh, special teams coaches, Coach uh, Philip Chaltis and Coach Dennis Stollard for, uh, you know, helping me perfect that. Because last year I was hitting, you know, some pretty good balls, but they were a little bit more line drive. And this year, you know, with them helping me perfect it, I've been able to get good hang time as well. So in case it doesn't go in the end zone, we can cover it. And, you know, it also looks good, so.
8: Well, I know from this radio crew, we're glad you missed the flight a few years back, and and uh, yes. are here with us.
9: Yeah, it's 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 an ironic story actually. I, my preseason game, my sophomore year, was was not very good, and uh, I was thinking about heading back to Pennsylvania, but got to the airport, and uh, my dad convinced me to stay. So it's it's pretty. It's a turning point in my life. So I'm I'm very glad that I stayed. And so are we. So
4: are we. Yeah. <laughs> Dads are smart. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, Amazing game by Nick Noel, four for four field goals, and uh, John, it just, it, it really changes the way you coach a game, does it, when you have somebody like Nick?
5: Absolutely, and that's something that we, you know, I talk with AJ uh, almost weekly, uh, when we get into the red zone, we don't have to force anything, and, and we don't have to, you know, press to uh, to make the throw, or, you know, we we can come away with points, and, you uh, uh, Dennis does a great job, in, in, in pregame as we uh, as we kind of walk back into the locker room, just prepping me on where Nick's at, how he's kicking through through the pregame process, and um, you know we got to we got to a point where it was it was a long field goal, but I knew that was something that he can make, and and he's made before, and and had total confidence in him.
4: So what did Dennis say this pregame? Well, <laughs> I mean, well, it, as, 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 yeah, as
5: as as. Uh, as Nick was talking about, we had the the wind, you know, was was going one way in the pregame. We came out, it kind of shifted and was doing a crosswind, and it actually was going with us, uh, you know, kind of a diagonal, uh, wind for us. And and uh, he was hitting, uh, he was, I want to say he was hitting fifties in uh, in pregame with the wind, and so we looked at it and, and it was it was close to that and felt confident with it.
4: All right, um, we've got Jacob Main, and Jacob had uh, truly. The defensive play of the game, I think. And before we go out to Jacob, let's uh, listen to that big interception by Jacob Maine. The quarterback, Weaver, wants to throw. He slings it down. It's picked off at the 45, to the 50, to the 40, to the 30, to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. All the way inside the 10 goes Jacob Maine. Maine picked it on the far sideline and got the run back inside the 10. It'll be first and goal for the Hurricanes.
8: Thanks, Dave. Uh, congratulations, Jacob. Uh, obviously, I was right there when you were getting ready. It looked like you might have got a chance to get in the end zone, just right there, uh, got pushed out. But what were you thinking when that ball was in the air coming towards you?
4: Uh, I just kind of had to, to grab that and take it as far as I could for the offense and get them in good field position for them to execute and score.
8: Yeah, because it was difficult for us at times to get in the end zone. Obviously, having Nick here tonight, being four for four, Uh, defensively we seemed to step up a little bit and um, against a a very good team. And with passing wise, you know they kind of slung it around at the beginning, maybe missed a few passes, but um, defensively we stepped up. And one of the things I've been impressed with watching you all year is is your recoverability. At times, you know we're very aggressive defensively, but the week before last, you slipped down and still got up and made the tackle. So when you're looking at things and how they're going, what are you thinking about?
4: Uh, I just try to pursue as much as I can on everything that we have, like we work on practice. Okay, just one, just the same That's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's a long. Hey, uh, Jacob, with that return, you know, there's a lot of talk now that uh, you need to go to offense and play some players, oh. man. <laughs> <laughs> Receiver. <laughs> Uh, all right,
7: well,
8: great job. And uh, he's kind of eating healthy out here. You know, get the wings and that. all that. And Nick's got the wings and fries and different. Mix- and salad. Nickup's got a salad with some, uh, <laughs> you know, chicken on it.
4: Pick up that speed. Yeah. What was your
8: idea with that?
6: <laughs> uh, just got to stay healthy.
8: <laughs> Coach Choad will get on him if he's not, you know,
6: tip top form. Well, the Lyman so, caught him there, so to make him make tackle. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It wasn't their lineman.
4: Hey Chad, uh, talk about um, your corners, Jacob Maine and Sir Williams, uh, and Aaron Rona comes in yeah, there. Yeah, uh, three outstanding corners this year.
6: Yeah, we got a, we got, we've got really five guys in the back end that can pretty much play all positions. Jake plays corner; he also goes to safety as well, and so they're pretty versatile. And you know, Jake being a first year starter, and, and also Sir, we, we've been, we knew we had talent there. There's no question about that. It was just game experience, and so. Um, yeah, they've been starting from the beginning, and, and Jake's one of the more physical ones we've got. Uh, you know, you always got to have a, a certain moxie about you when you play corner. It's not an easy position. You're mostly on an island, you know, most of the time, and you're by yourself. And, you know, everyone sees you get beat for a touchdown. Everyone sees you uh, out there guarding that receiver. And so, um, you know, he's got that personality. I think I think almost all of, our, all of the corners have that personality of, you know, you're not going to beat me I'm the best you know and you got to kind of have that that uh, that moxie to it and, and Jake certainly does
4: John it seems like when we've been vulnerable with the passing game it's been more in the middle of the field mm-hmm. it seems like when we're sideline on the other sideline we're right there step for step.
5: Yeah, and that's, you know, we were at our one-on-one press um, and, and routes, uh, receivers and DBs every single day, and, uh, you know, because we find ourselves in that position where we're having to do that, and, and Coach Dunbar, who we had last week, does a great job with that and and, uh, and working that, and, you know, we've got three uh, pretty good receivers that, that challenge these guys every single day, too, and so uh, they're working against the the best that we feel like, and, and uh, you know, that... Can't say enough about those guys. Jake had a great, great game and, and really a, a great season for us. Um, you know, he's he's our probably our leading tackle. I have to look at the stats, but probably our leading tackler from the secondary as well. Um, you know, as Chad alludes to, he's a, probably our most physical corner. And uh, but but Sir has stepped in nice as as a sophomore. And um, you know we had a lot of guys that we you know we didn't know. You know we've seen them play from our JV and and, and we we had to see what they were going to do on the varsity side. And they've just done a nice job.
4: Chad, um, for Danny Carter's sake, let's talk about the uh, <laughs> the alignment. We'll uh, throw it in there, and, and I know that um, we're we're going with with multiple defenses. Uh, you know, and watching, going back and watching, I saw I keep telling uh, them that Domingue with his hand on the ground quite sure. a bit. Sure, and uh, just talk about how the team has reacted because one thing I know that when you're preparing against our defense, you're not quite sure what you're going to get either, right?
6: Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately we are, we're we're multiple. I mean, on the base defense is set for 3-4, but we're, we're pretty multiple. I mean, you look at Nelson uh, was the D lineman last year. And so um, you look at stats, probably 75% of the time he's he's going after the quarterback. Whether it's a four-man line or three and he's blitzing or, or you know, five, whatever it is, he's typically going after the quarterback. Uh, but, yeah, ultimately what it creates for, for me, when I go back and look at our, our past games and I look at what an offense is going to look at, the next week, and I go back and, and, and watch myself, we want to be able to give them as many looks as possible so they don't know, hey, we're going to be in a, a four-man front the whole game. You know, we, we show four, we show five, we show three, and we're going to blitz some. We show four, we're, we're back out to three. And so, to me, you know, it just it just causes more for the offense to have to look at. Um, and, and typically, you know, we'll be in a four-man front, I would say, probably almost every series, at least once. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, we can we can be extremely multiple, and that's what that's what I wanted from the defense is is to be able to have those guys in place that we can switch from a three to four to five man front, um, just like in the back end, play play man, play play cover three, play four, play you know man two, whatever we want to do, and and we've been we've been pretty fortunate this year to be able to do that.
4: And obviously, John, as an offensive coach, when you go against a defense and you're not quite sure what they're going to do. You know, that well, creates some headaches.
5: Right, it, it does. And it, and, it, uh, and it challenges you through your, your week of preparation. And we saw that with uh, the defense we, we played with uh, with Oak Ridge. Uh, they uh, play fast. They get off the ball fast. But they were multiple. And there was a lot of what ifs. Okay, if they line up into yeah. this and do this, this is how we're going to have to respond. Well, if they do that, then we're going to have to do this. And so it, it does create confusion. All of a sudden you get out there on a Friday night and, and – it's, it takes a little bit to kind of settle down and, and, and have the kids understand what they're seeing, be able to process it, kind of, okay, relax, let's, let's think what we're doing. But by that time, you're already a couple series into it. And so when we talked about what we wanted to do this year defensively, uh, I knew from an offensive standpoint the more confusion that we can give on a quarterback um, and just that week of preparation for, for the, those players and that staff, um, it, it makes it difficult for offenses.
4: I want to talk about a couple of players. I thought Domingue had a really good game, you know, the personal foul, okay, you know. <laughs> um,
6: well, we, we live on the know. edge on defense. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and you but, know.
4: But he played well.
6: Oh, yeah, yeah no, he, he played, played really well. well. I think he ended up with uh, four sacks, four sacks on the on the game. So, uh, I mean, four tackles for loss, excuse me, one sack. I think he had a full recovery. I mean, it was it was between him and Jake and, and uh, for, for play of the game. But uh, he played really well.
4: And mm-hmm. I want to talk about Gonzalez because he has stepped in. When Kwanzie Jackson left the team, and you know what? He's just been a steady, steady player.
6: Yeah, well, theoretically, position-wise, uh, Nelson's playing where where Kwanzie was. Right. And Nelson was in the middle, and, and but Emilio stepped in. And in the beginning of the year, it was between Emilio and, and Nelson. And um, Emilio just is a guy that understands the defense really well. And he understands where he needs to be and kind of – Embraces too that he's kind of the the guy the, the linebacker that that blitzes the most you know with, with Nelson, so he understands that and um, you know he does a he does a fantastic job of of I think it was the Alonzo game where his breakout game where he had mm-hmm. eight tackles and they're all for loss it's kind of crazy uh, but he, he's he's come up big he's come up real big
4: yeah I'm glad you mentioned that because it's a statistic that all of a sudden I've started paying a lot of attention to tackles for loss yeah and as a big Gator fan. I know that Florida has a ton of tackles yeah. for loss. And offensively, we, we don't. Kelvin Taylor will get two, three yards, but not that many times as he dragged down for a loss. Right. So you're faced with a second and seven, second of eight, instead of a second, 12, second, and 13. Sure. <laughs> we had over 100 tackles for loss going into this game. Okay. And now we've got oh my gosh, we had a ton yeah. of tackles for loss yeah. with number 1. And I just think it's it's just huge. Yeah, awesome. it puts the
6: offense in a bind. I mean, when typically, especially in the beginning of a game, when you can get those tackle for losses cuz most most offenses, hey, we got a script 5 10 12 play, whatever it is, that's what we want to run. Well, all of a sudden if you're in a second and 12 or second 15 and you didn't script that, you don't you don't, you know, you may not know where to go from there. Um, and that's our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal on defense is to win first and third down. Third down is obvious to get them off the field, make them play, get the offensive ball. But winning first down to me is anything anything seven yards or, or longer right. on second down. And so it puts them in a situation um, where they don't – offenses don't want to be in. They don't want to be in second and 10, and, second and 15. And,
5: and, and to that point, I mean, our first drive offensively, we had a couple screens and moved the ball pretty efficiently all the way down in the red zone. And all of a sudden we missed the out route, second and 10. We missed a block on the option, fumbled it, recovered it. Now we're at at uh, third down and long, and uh, it forces us now to 52 kick the 52-yard yard field goal. <laughs> yeah. So and I mean, you were, you
4: and you were cruising,
5: right? You're right, but you get, but if down. you can get behind the chains on on first or second down, it puts you in a tough position offensively. Right.
4: All right, we're going to take our second timeout and final timeout of the night. When we come back, we'll have our trivia question and much, much more. We're live from Beefo Brady's. We'll be back with more Hurricane Hotline right after this.
1: My dad is fuming. He just realized a simple strategy would have given him $500 more in a Social Security check each month. There are more than 1,300 ways for married couples to file, and the Social Security office does not help you choose the best one. Free Social Security classes are now being held in Sarasota by Dave Kennan, an accredited National Social Security advisor, one of only 18 such experts in the state of Florida. Do not apply for Social Security benefits until you first take this free one hour class. Learn rules and strategies that will ensure you get all of the money you deserve sign up now Tuesday november seventeenth or Thursday november nineteenth at six thirty p.m in Sarasota please register early as we are often on a waiting list two two five seven four nine four or social security rscp dot com two two five seventy four ninety four or social security dot com securities offered through first allied securities member finra SIPC. or socialsecurityrsvp.com. AM
2: 930, Stress Saver Traffic Report.
7: Good evening, 75 northbound, a little slow as you approach the Manatee River Bridge. This update brought to you by Lazy Days, the RV Authority I-4, exit 10 and Tampa. No problems on the DeSoto Bridge, smooth ride across the Manatee River. 301 and 41 looking pretty good between Bradenton and Sarasota, Manatee Avenue 53rd. Not looking too bad, University Parkway eastbound, a crash rate right at 75 eastbound, slow approaching that. Fruitville Beer Ridge, Clark Road's looking pretty good in Venice, Tamiami Trail, Venice Avenue Jack Randall Boulevard, all moving well. Explore Lazy Days RV, the world's largest RV dealership. Over 1,200 RVs, motorhomes, travel trailers, and fifth wheels. Lazy Days, the RV Authority, I-4, Exit 10 in Tampa. Dave Kosh, AM 930, The Answer. Allen will
4: take it and leads it for the
2: touchdown. Welcome back to Hurricane Hotline, live from Befo Brady's, 4925 Cortez Road in Bradenton. Hosted by Dave Presto and Hurricanes head coach, John Booth. Talk to the coach now, 877-969-8600. Now, here's Dave Brestow and coach John Booth.
4: All right, welcome back, everyone, to Hurricane Hotline. We are live from Beefo Brady's, our final segment. We're talking playoff football as the Hurricanes travel to Dr. Phillips to take on the Panthers Friday night. John, how important is it that we are returning a visit there? We're, we, we know what we're going into. Um, many of the players on the team, of course, last year. That's got to help a little bit.
5: Yeah, I think so. Anytime you're, you're in, in postseason play, I think experience plays a huge factor for you. And just understanding just the, the, the dynamic of it, getting on a bus and traveling and, and having to go play in a pretty hostile environment. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that that's going to play into our to our favor this week. All right, we're in the Sweet
4: 16. So let's uh, let's go down the bracket. Then we're going to throw out our trivia question. In the top of the bracket in the North, we've got Mandarin 11 and 0 playing Lake Brantley 11 and 0. Apopka 10 and 1 taking on West Orange 10 and 1. Now Apopka, remember they're the runner-ups. Their only loss was to West Orange. That should be great game. A great matchup there. That game, of course, will be at West Orange. Dr. Phillips, 8-3, but don't get too uh, fired up when you hear 8-3. They've played a very, very difficult schedule. They take on the Hurricanes. We, of course, are 9-2. Then the bottom half of our region, Kissimmee Osceola at 10-1, plays Vero Beach at 11-0. Then in the south, we've got Boca Raton taking on Delray Atlantic. Deerfield Beach playing Flanagan. We have Columbus out of Miami playing Coral Gables. And Miami Southridge playing south dade chad Choate. i know you're a bracket expert uh <laughs> look, looking at the south uh what's the team that you expect uh to maybe come out i know it's a crap shoot right now but w- what are maybe one or two of the teams that you're looking at now? i
6: know coral gables came on late in the season just from what i've kind of read on rivals stuff like that coral gables came on late but uh flanagan and columbus were the ones in south dade were the ones that were there last year towards the end flanagan just played uh saint thomas uh, pretty tight, I think. Uh, Sta won nineteen fourteen. That's without their quarterback, right. who's going to Florida, right. uh, and Bosa, the the big DN guy. So, okay. um, I think Flanagan. I, I think he's going to be Flanagan, probably out of that that lower bracket there.
4: Yeah, and if you look at it, uh, Flanagan played a pretty tough non district schedule. Yeah, uh, they're nine and two. I think they actually
6: played two American Heritage. I'm not sure if they played Heritage or not. That IMG played. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but.
4: Now, John, when you look up uh, at the top half, I don't know much about Mandarin and Lake Brantley, but they're both 11-0. and 0.
5: Lake Brantley is a uh, a run-heavy team. I believe they've got three guys th- over 1,000 yeah. yards right now rushing. Yeah. Um, and uh, just from what I've heard about them, they kind of come in spurts. I mean, every couple of years they've got a pretty solid team, and right now they're playing really well. Like I said, three guys over 1,000
6: yards rushing.
4: We played them.
6: Yeah, way back. A long time ago. and we, we were talking about that uh, – at the, Choate, at the Choate household uh, Friday night after the game, and, and my Uncle Bill thought it was uh, at Florida Field, but Jason Wilson and I thought it was it was there in like 91, 92. It was at Lake Brantley. Yeah, yeah. it was at Lake Santa. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, so. <laughs> I was only eight, but I, I've got a good memory. <laughs> I was there doing that game, of course.
4: <laughs> um, I, I don't know what to think about Apopka-West Orange. It, it, it's hard to pull against Apopka. Uh, West Orange won the first game. The games at West Orange, twenty-eight-three.
6: I
5: think they won the first.
6: Yeah,
4: time. They, yeah won, they won. They
5: won the bat. first time last year, though. Too. I know.
4: Yeah. yeah. And then a cup just rolled right yeah. by him No, I would take a Popka, but I guess wouldn't be surprised. If West, West Orange, Orange got wins. a really
6: good quarterback going to uh, Auburn, so I know they're spread and, and kind of all you know throw the ball a little bit all over the place. So, but a Popka, man, they're just they're tough. Their their offense is, is just so unique nowadays that you can't. It's hard to prepare for. Well, online.
4: the good thing is, if we get to a Popka, which would be a couple rounds, it'd be the semifinals. They won't have Martez Ivey out there blocking this year, right. <laughs> and they won't have Chandler Cox.
6: Very good thing.
4: Yeah. yeah. Now, if you look at uh, Vero Osceola, that's got to be one that's of the better one. matchups going.
5: It is, and completely different yeah. team, so to speak. And. and uh, Osceola just run run heavy, and Vero Beach will spread the thing out and throw it. So it'd be interesting to see how that one plays and out.
6: All three of those games are in Central Florida. We, I think, Coach Tallad was talking about that at lunch the other day. He said all the whole Central Florida; these three games are taking place. What's and you got the classic. What, what's interesting, what though, is
5: in the second round, you're going to see a lot of good teams out oh, of the out. playoffs. Yeah, yeah.
6: Seven A, Lakeland, and Plant play. Yeah, the second round. I mean, so you're going to see get some good teams out.
4: I'm glad because I didn't want to be the Bright House game again. You know, yeah. for, for whatever reason, I yeah. just wanted to, you know, <laughs> just go over there and play without all the hoopla. And Bright House is doing the Lakeland game against Plants. Yep.
6: And the Orlando, player. they're doing uh, Kissimmee and Vero, I think.
4: Yeah. That, well, yeah, <clears throat> that's going to be a, a classic game. Now, it you you guys don't have to comment on this, but if it's me, <laughs> if I can look into the crystal ball, say we get by Dr. Phillips, I would rather play Osceola just because. You know, I, th- I think Vero presents a problem to a lot of teams because you just don't see that many big time passing teams in high school. You know, um, and we beat Vero last
6: year. We beat Vero. Yeah. So I like to change it up a little bit. To be honest, I thought that's why I like this year. I mean, the district was new teams that we have never seen. I, mean, I personally have never seen. I mean, John and, and James had seen some, but I've never seen them. And it was good. I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was good to play new teams like yeah, that. It's fun. You know, so. Um, yeah, I mean, if we play any of them, we're fortunate enough to be there. That's that's fantastic.
4: Yeah, Casimiro Osceola we played before over
6: there. Uh, I think that was one of the – My junior year, uh, 2001 Yeah, for Kickoff Classic.
4: Yeah, we went with the uh, Conley Express over there. Yeah, we, we had an incident that we won't <laughs> go into. Uh, that was, yeah, one of the, the funnier incidents we ever had on a road trip. But uh, let's take a look at the schedule uh, by – Orlando, Dr. Phillips. Uh, they had kind of a, a season a little bit reminiscent to what the Hurricanes did. Uh, they won their first two games, and then they ran into a little bit of a, a roadblock. They lost to West Orange only by seven, by the way, then lost to Apopka by two, then played a very, very good Daytona Beach Mainland and lost that game. I'm not sure you could play three tougher
5: teams in a row. No, and you could tell that they, they planned that on purpose and, mm-hmm. and try to test themselves early. Yeah. Then they won, two, three,
4: four, five, six-game winning streak, yep. and uh, none of the game's close. And so yep. really it, somewhat similar to what the Hurricanes went through. We lost a couple early and then went on a long winning streak. Yep. And they're going to be ready for us, John. You know that. Oh, uh, there's been some. Already some comments in the paper over there saying that uh, they've they've waited a year and all this good stuff. But I guess that doesn't really matter when both teams hit the field, right?
5: No, it doesn't. I mean, it gives you maybe a little bit of momentum. I know they feel like we kind of went in there and stole a a game from them that they expected to win. But – and we talked about that with our kids, man. We went in there and we earned it. And we're going to have to earn this one as well. And so they're, they're going to be ready. We're going to have to match, you know, their their readiness and their enthusiasm even more so. And uh, I think our kids are ready for it.
4: All right. Uh, here's the trivia question. What was the score of last year's game that gave Manatee the regional championship?
6: No, I'll turn his head real quick. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. I know the, the obviously the players who played in that game should know the score. But uh, the score of the Dr. Phillips-Manatee game last year, a thrilling game, and uh, Mr. Knoll did something at the end uh, to propel us to the big win. He kicked the field goal, obviously, didn't run a touchdown or anything, even though he's capable of that, I'm sure.
7: Go ahead, Danny. All right, no doubt who's going to come up with this answer. Here we go, Mr. Gene Gallo. I just want to have my name over the radio. I really don't know who in the world did this. But I'm going to take a guess that with Nick sitting over there with a late field goal that won the game, it might have been 24-21. I don't know.
4: You got it. Give that man some wings. Yeah. Yep, 24-21. And uh, what a game that was last year. And, uh, John, that was a game where we, we started out good and then – in the second half they started to go exclusively running the football right right up the gut and uh, they were successful in the second half but just not successful enough
5: right they did a nice job and and, and what we talked about with our guys on Monday was how important special teams were in that we had a uh, kick return with uh, Joe Robinson um, and we had Nick's uh, field goal gave us 10 points in that game and 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 really you know kind of propelled us for that win and you know, we, we I thought we had a, a really good first half on on both sides of the ball. They went away from the the passing and went to that run run attack and and uh, starting to really move the ball effectively. But after Nick's field goal, I, I don't know if they they wanted to get away from that and and try to you know eat up some yardage pretty quick. They went more to a passing. And they know, had passing. a couple minutes left. Yeah, had right? a couple yeah. minutes left, yeah. and they tried to throw the ball, and, and it really it was was ineffective. And so, um, yeah, it'd be interesting, like you said, you know, how how they're going to come out this. You know they in those three losses they d- they did a lot more spread and uh, trying to throw the ball a little bit more and then um, you know, I don't think it was working as well as they had hoped and they're getting to be a little bit more the the run heavy team that we've seen over the last you know few years from them but uh, you know I know Chad's broken it down with yeah. the percentage I mean pretty pretty heavy run yeah, like, uh, almost like seventy percent run over yeah, the last and few and what weeks I notice
4: on film guys is the fact that they'll run the read option with Hogan, that yep. quarterback, number five. Then all of a sudden, just maybe in the middle of the drive, they'll go under center yep. with a lone setback and just start playing power football.
6: Yeah, yep.
4: and, and they'll do that successfully. Then they'll switch back.
6: Yep, and they'll switch quarterbacks. And they'll bring in yeah. 10, who's a kind of a bigger kid, over six foot. And uh, and he'll come in, throw the ball a little bit, and then they'll go back into a little power-eye kind of formation. And, and yeah, I, th- I think that – they're finding identity and, and I think that it's, which it's obviously worked for in the last seven games or And you know they really many. spread it around too. Yeah. They don't yeah, have they've it. got they've got three running backs that are good. There's no question.
4: Yeah, their their leading rusher is Hogan with six forty four, then Washington four twenty two, then Charles three twenty five. They if call themselves the B G
6: A, the best group alive, so Yeah.
4: Well, I mean, they're good <laughs> and, and again they don't care who gets the ball, apparently. No, they just want to
6: win. Okay. Yeah. And so
4: it'll be it'll be a game, John. That we're gonna have to come out early. I know, yep. like we did last Friday, and, and kind of take control.
5: Absolutely. And uh, you know, and it's and it's gonna it's gonna start up front. We've got to protect, you know, AJ in their pass game, and, and create some open run lanes for, for Lorenz. And uh, and then up front on the decent defensive side, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to control the line of scrimmage and and uh, enforce our will and how dictate how the game is gonna be played.
4: All right, that does it. Uh, Chad, good luck Friday night. I know you'll have the defense ready. Thank you. Thank you. John, uh, get them over there. I know uh, you'll follow last year's probably ritual and get them over there and get them going. That's it. All right, that will be Friday night from Dr. Phillips. I want to remind everyone, we'll be on the air at 7 o'clock. We'll have uh, the live radio broadcast. We'll also have the stream, so you'll be able to watch online and the radio will be over the stream. So, Get over to Orlando, but if you can't, tune in right here to AM 930. That does it. I want to thank everyone involved in tonight's broadcast. Ace Andrews for Coach Choate, Coach Booth. This is Dave Bristow. Until Friday night, so long, everyone.
5: Two days ago, Jeff McDonald posted the following.
0: Just watch the sunrise from above the clouds. So stoked. Jeff got 19 likes and seven comments.
5: Not bad, Jeff. Geico has a comment to add that may make you even more stoked. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance by switching to GEICO. And if that doesn't put your head above the clouds, you'll have the extra money to scale a peak that will. Hashtag on cloud nine. Hashtag savings. GEICO.
3: 15 minutes could save you 15% or more
2: on car insurance.
3: Got a lot on your to-do list? Now, during Kubota's Power to Do Great Things sales event, get a great deal on an L3301 or 3901 tractor with a live, continuous-running rear PTO. Now, get financing as low as 0% APR for up to five years, and great customer instant rebates when you buy a new L3301 or 3901 and two implements. Now through December 31st, 2015. Call toll-free 1-888-465-8268 for details about cost and terms. For more information or to find a participating dealer, visit Kubota.com.